Regardless of your belief, um, you could call it intuition, whatever you want to call it. I, I think there are signs. I truly believe there are signs yeah. that point us in various directions, but I also believe in free will, right? So like yeah. how you said, would I have done it? Would I have done anything differently? So what I would have potentially done differently, um, I, I don't think I would have changed anything with the ConocoPhillips thing because I, I think that would have been the same uh, kind of outcome. Um, you know, even if Justine would have moved with me or something like that, mm-hmm. um, I I don't know if I would have still been with them at this time. Like you know, given given that, and and mm-hmm. that was just a great jump start to my career, and mm-hmm. uh, I felt like that was the time to leave. If I had done something differently at General Mills, one thing I have learned uh, since then, I learned a lot from that experience, um, is that, you know, it, when I first started, it's like, you control your career. You you have to take control of your career. You know, you yeah. hear that in the corporate uh, Kool-Aid, you know, uh, yeah. you know, kickoff meetings and things like that. <laughs> it's true. Uh, yeah. I found that out. And, you know, I looking back, it's like I could have probably removed some of those barriers that were happening before they became insurmountable, mm-hmm. you know. Have you enjoyed listening to the Incredible Paul podcast? Are you looking for a way to support it? Or maybe you just want some swag? Check out the Incredible Paul store today. We have shirts, hoodies, sweatshirts, hats, stickers, and so much more. Go to incredipaul.org, I-N-C-R-E-D-I-Paul.org, and click on the store link. Or go to the link in my socials bio and click on the Incredipaul shop. Looking forward to seeing your Incredipaul look. Turn this up! Turn this up! Your professional development is one of the keys to your career success. When you combine your desire to grow with actionable steps, your journey to success becomes an incredible reality. Welcome to the Incredipal Podcast. And now, sharing his expertise, experience, and excellence with the world, here's your host, Paul Ferranbi. Hi, I'm Paul Ferranbi, and welcome to the Incredipal Podcast, where we learn to become the best version of ourselves by learning from each other. So today I have Brian Castillo on the podcast. I'm super excited. Me and Brian go way back. I'm not going to go into too much about what he does. I'll let him introduce himself and then we'll go from there. Cool. Thanks for the uh, intro, Paul. Yeah, I I can't believe, uh, you know, it's already been four years for me uh, since I was at General Mills and I know you were, had left shortly after. So it's it's been a while for sure. But uh, yeah, my name is Brian Castillo. Uh, I, I met Paul because we're fellow engineers, so mm-hmm. we, we both have a chemical engineering background. Uh, I also have a master's in systems engineering. Um, I'm from Albuquerque, New Mexico, rocking the University <laughs> of New Mexico go. hat, uh, even <laughs> though I didn't go there. I'm a Lobo at heart. Uh, but yeah, I uh, so I'm an engineer, um, 31 years old. I've got a 19-month-old, been married. Uh, for going on five years now it's crazy can't believe that wow it's already been five years dude five years this may so it's four and a half and and yeah you were at my wedding so yeah Yeah. uh, it's been a while so um but yeah that's uh that's it i'm still here in the uh albuquerque new mexico area i i did leave for a little bit early in my career uh but this is where i grew up and I'm, i'm back here now and i'm working for a national laboratory so that's been fun and that's where i've been ever since we left uh since our paths had crossed to General Mills. So yeah, that's that's pretty much the sum of it. 
yeah no that's awesome yeah that, that's funny I, I forgot yeah i did leave shortly after you did mm -hmm. i think you left like was it october november time yeah yeah because my so i just celebrated my four-year work anniversary uh, uh i think i had started the first week of november at sandia okay. so so yeah so i had put in my two weeks in october okay yeah that's mm -hmm. my thought and then i put in my two weeks like right around christmas time and yeah I started. It, it wasn't too long after <laughs> yeah yeah so the, i'm sure we'll get into that but i'm kind of i'm curious it seems like you've had almost like three different parts to your career uh so kind of talk us through your the, the brief stint of what you did uh, when you left albuquerque i know you mentioned that Sure. Yeah. So I, uh, I, I, I background in chemical engineering, got my bachelor's of science uh, from New Mexico Tech, and I took a job with ConocoPhillips. Uh, and so I was working in the oil and gas field. And for mm -hmm. the first like year and a half working there, I, I pretty much lived outside of a suitcase. You know, they send all their engineers uh, out in the field to get different mm -hmm. field experiences and uh, learn different roles and where you might fit. Uh, and I did that for like my first year and a half, spent a lot of time in Houston, Texas, wow. uh, found out found out what traffic really was. Um, <laughs> and my my official title at the time was a process engineer. So okay. I, I would support um, anything from, uh, you know, like uh, safety valve uh, calculations, uh, like relief valves to mm -hmm. mo uh, process modeling of like unit ops and things like that. So I was very much using my chemical engineering degree. It was all about separations and yeah. things of that. So I actually got to like climb into heat exchangers and like climb a distillation wow. tower and stuff. So, so that was like my purest chemical engineering job. And then uh, for the second half of that stint, I was there about three years. Uh, since I was from Albuquerque, they were like, hey, do you want to go to this gas plant in uh, Farmington, New Mexico, kind of in the middle of nowhere? Yeah. I, I, I did at the time because... Uh, it's funny how you talk about my career. Well, at the time, I was like, oh, I'm going to be with Conoco for 30 plus years, like yeah. great paying job. I like the work. Mm -hmm. I'm using my degree. And uh, at the time, oil and gas was doing really well. And mm -hmm. uh, I thought I was going to get to do like an uh, expatriate ship in Australia oh. or even go to Alaska. But wow. obviously, obviously, the downturn happened uh, in 2015. Uh -huh. So I, sur I survived, a, you know, like four rounds of layoffs. And I and then my who is my now wife, but my girlfriend at the time was working yeah. on her ma master's in Albuquerque. And so I just started to look around and I, I saw the General Mills process engineering job open up. And uh, even though it was a, a, a decent pay cut, uh, you know, obviously compared the, the industries, yeah. um, I, I gained a lot more in return, right? I wanted to be mm -hmm. back in Albuquerque. I was uh, not long distance anymore with Justine. Yeah. And so uh took a process engineering job at general Mills, so that was like kind of the second phase of my career so mm -hmm. i had about three years of working experience under my belt at that time and mm -hmm. then uh when i was at general mills i was the lead process engineer for their bars division so as mm -hmm. you know so uh for those that don't nature valley the crunchy granola bars and then yeah the uh, sweet and salty bars the chewy bars and uh, yeah are you wondering what's next has everything you tried failed or maybe you just feel a little bit stuck, then coaching may be right for you. The coaching relationship is a relationship that's totally centered on you. If you're tired of running on the hamster wheel of life, want to start seeing results, reach out to Incredible for help. So what are you waiting for? Go to paulferrandby.com 
or at I am Incredible on all my socials. Click the link in the bio for your free coaching session. I want to make sure you become the best version of yourself. So I was the process engineer there and uh, that, that was great too. I, I was learning uh, a lot. That was more where I worked on, I would say, uh, continuous improvement, like you're mm-hmm. well aware. That was mm-hmm. what our main focus was kind of as like line lead team and system engineering, that yeah. strate- strategic outlook and then working directly with R&D to get, you know, whatever testing or modifications they wanted yeah. done to scale that up to mass scale. So I did that both on the crunchy and chewy lines for both processing and packaging. Uh, and I, I really enjoyed the people there. You're one of the very, you know, great, one of the many great people that I've met during my time there. And uh, I had no intention of leaving there either, but I, you know, maybe we'll get into this too when we talk career or leadership or anything like mm, that. But yeah. uh, I kind of met a crossroads, right? So it yeah. was one of those things um, where, you know, I had my peers saying I was ready to be promoted, you know, senior mm. engineer. And then, you know, as we know, had some poor leadership at the time. Mm. My direct boss, who was your boss at one point, uh, you know, was very close to retirement, checked out, yeah. didn't have a lot of people who were working to develop their careers. So mm-hmm. um, it was at, really at that point, it was like, well, I think if I had moved to Minneapolis or something like that corporate, I probably would have gotten to where I wanted to at the time. Mm-hmm. Uh, but I didn't really have that desire. Just got married at General Mills. Both our families are here. So it just kind of prompted me to look around. I I wasn't unhappy, but uh, then I came up on an opportunity with Sandia National Labs. And Mm -hmm. um, this was an interesting part of my career because I took basically a safety engineering role. And safety had always been a part of my job, but it was not, you know, the main focal point of my job. And (laughs) And so this was this was a nuclear safety basis. So I had to learn wow. a lot more about uh, nuclear safety and reactors, and then basically wow. a lot of the regulations and requirements around that. And uh, that was great. Did that my first two years, and I, uh, you know, I was always interested in more of an R and D role. I know you and I shared that uh, just to yeah. kind of be on that side of the fence because I had always been very hands on with my mm-hmm. engineering, which I loved, mm-hmm. but I wanted kind of you know a bit more of the technical aspect. So. Um, mm-hmm. That's where I kind of got interested in systems engineering, which was funny because at General Mills, I was called a systems engineer, but yeah. I really I really considered that process engineering. Yeah. yeah. And I and I didn't really know what systems engineering was. And then, you know, Sandia paid for my master's and it was kind of dumb not to do it. So I, I did it, even though I didn't really want to go back to school after being yeah. out for uh, six and a half years. But Mm-hmm. Um, I actually learned a lot of those principles and it's like, dang it, if I would have known those going into my general mills job, it would have been uh, a lot better, but that's okay. Uh-huh. Cause, cause I get to drew, draw from those experiences and apply mm-hmm. it to like my coursework. So that was cool. So, that's cool. Uh, but, I, but I did that working full time. Uh, and then in my current role, uh, I'm actually a, so I'm a senior systems engineer, uh, for an extended life program. And so what that kind of means, what I can say about that. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. So I, I, I work at, um, it's called MESA, so Microelectronics uh, and Science uh, Applications. Yeah. And uh, it's basically semiconductors for the nuclear weapons complex and facility. Wow. So um, what's a, what an extended life program is, as you know, is so uh, when these fabs were stood up, uh, they're well past their useful life. And mm-hmm. no one really, you know, we're run, uh, we're government contracted basically for the Department mm-hmm. of Energy. And 
Uh, that'd be a big, you know, we're talking a couple billion dollar investment to stand up a new fab that can do the qualifications that we do. So wow. instead of doing that, hey, let's spread out a capital investment over 20 years. So it's called the Extended Life Program. Oh, okay. And uh, so that's what I'm doing a lot of now. Uh, so it, it was a lot of heavy systems engineering because it was like standing up a new program. So what are our requirements? Okay. Uh, how do we get funding? How, what is our plan for the next 20 years? What are we yeah. basing it off of? If it is it useful life of tools? Are they single point failures? What are our risk mm -hmm. metrics? And then now we're kind of in that execution phase. We're three years into execution. And so a lot of it has been uh, kind of capital project management oversight and setting okay. up those structures. So uh, it's it's still kind of production, but it is different because okay. it's, it's government and things like that. And so I would yeah. definitely say I'm doing more project management and system okay. engineering than I've done in the past, but it's yeah. been a good experience. So that, that's where I'm at right now. So yeah, those are kind of the three phases of my career <laughs> for sure um engine an engineering position at all of them but uh mm -hmm. i i've obviously been at very different stages of my life too uh, mm -hmm. at those so uh you know it was a little over three years at conoco it was a little over three years at general mills and <laughs> knock on wood now you know that seemed to be my shelf life but it's uh going on four <laughs> years four years at sandia so um but the, the good thing about Sandia, too, as you know, with uh, these big corporations is mm -hmm. uh, you can move around a lot within the company mm. and almost have several careers within yeah. one organization. Right. So uh, that's that's, really that's been a plus, too. But yeah, yeah. that's really cool. Yeah, yeah it, it, that's amazing, too. Like the three, three and now you have the four. So you, <laughs> yeah. you made over the hump of the three. See how long you can stay here with. Yeah. With that's really yeah. cool. Well, and I, you know, I guess I'm technically lying because I've had two roles there and I made it to two years there. And so I'm two years at this one, but that's okay. Oh, okay. <laughs> still, still four years at the same one. Yeah. Still four years with the same company. That's, yeah. that's fair. Mm -hmm. So yeah, that, that's really cool. The different transition. So kind of looking back, um, if you were to, if you were to go back, like either when transitioning to General Mills or even uh, transitioning from General Mills to Sandia, would you do anything differently or was there anything you learned along the way that make those like the first or second transition was any transition easier or different or anything like yeah. that? Yeah, sure. So uh, honestly, I, I got to bring up this. So uh, I know you're religious and yeah. I was I was raised very religious. I was mm -hmm. raised hardcore Roman Catholic. I went to Catholic school, uh, but then I was like a rebellious teenager. Like when I went, <laughs> when I went to, when I went to college and I wasn't living under my parents' house, I was like, I'm not going to church, you know, you know, I mm -hmm. kind of lost, lost my way a little bit. Right. Mm -hmm. And then when I met Justine, something that was very important to her was she wanted to share a relationship with somebody in faith uh, with God. Right. And yeah. so um she was doing some non-denominational stuff which like no no i don't judge anybody's faith but it just didn't you know i i, re I was different. raised hardcore roman catholic so that was like a concert to me but you know we we, <laughs> we uh we found common ground and and where we ended up getting married and i, I bring this up because uh each time i transitioned uh or even when i was leaving undergrad when i was heading into my senior semester uh, I didn't have a job lined up. So I had I had multiple internships and stuff, but I was like mm -hmm. getting nervous. And uh, I almost accepted two jobs that I wasn't really, you know, mm -hmm. like feeling. So like one I had flown out to, it was in uh, Ely or Eli, Nevada. I believe it's Ely, E-L-I. 
and oh, it was wow. for for a copper mining company and they offered me the job but it was like in the middle of nowhere you'd live in a mining mining town is like a three and a half hour drive to vegas or salt lake but that was wow. like the highlight of it uh and then there was a a smaller engineering consulting firm uh, that I, you know, it was like, well, and and people at the time were like, you know, why aren't you taking a job, dude? Like, you know, you yeah. got two good job offers. You're, mm-hmm. you, you, uh, you know, you don't have any experience. Like, you know, these are good. And it, it just didn't feel right. You know, I was mm-hmm. like, ah, I, so, you know, um, how I ended up at Conoco was one of our senior design team members uh, had several internships with them. And, uh, we had we had actually taken a trip up to the San Juan gas plant where I eventually ended up working. Um, oh wow! After around a year and a half, but yeah. the the head engineer there uh, was so impressed, like just with the questions and our project and and stuff. And he uh, he asked me if I was interested in a job. And wow! Um, and so I went through the corporate process, and that's how I got hired on the Conoco. And so. That one felt right. It wasn't just a compensation thing. It was, you know, mm. something I wanted to do. We had done our senior design project on it. Yeah. And 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 it just felt right. And something kind of told me, like, you know, head that way. Well, fast mm-hmm. forward to ConocoPhillips, like I was still a young, inexpensive engineer doing well mm. with my performance reviews and things like that. So mm. I probably could have been relocated to a Houston or maybe a Billings, Montana at the time. They had some assets out there. That's where my good friend in college, that's where she ended up. She's actually still with Conoco. And I, okay. I, I think in hindsight, I probably would have ended up on a similar path just because, okay. um, you know, I, I believe in myself. I, the the <laughs> role that I filled also was very close to the product. And yeah. so uh, I felt confident that, you know, uh, I would have even been able, you know, through downtimes, they still needed to put out, you know, production yeah. and I and I likely would have had a job. So um, yeah. But again, I had that intuition kind of feeling, you know, and and that one, uh, you know, I'll be candid that that was a 20 percent pay cut. And that was that was after heavy negotiations, too. Wow. But I I had told myself what I was gaining in return was Mm. more valuable than that. And and uh, and I didn't really I don't see it as taking a step back in my career, honestly, because that propelled me to where I am now. Yeah. Uh, But but I think in that transition, it was kind of outweighing that. You know, and that was like everything's kind of a risk, right? And mm-hmm. you know, Justine and I were just dating at that time too. It's not mm-hmm. like you know we we were necessarily going to end up together. So I had to make sure that making that decision was for me. And mm-hmm. um, you know, even though you know she was a factor, I couldn't let yeah. that be the main factor. And yeah, then, that's fair. Yeah. Uh, and then you know, G- General Mills was my most tricky transition, I think, because <laughs> I. I really, so, you know, I didn't have like the layoff thing, right? Like that was mm-hmm. kind of justifiable. And yeah. Uh, and I, you know, uh, but in terms of General Mills, I had just uh, run into a tricky situation where I, I didn't have a manager looking out for my best interest. Mm-hmm. I had, uh, you know, conflicts of interest with our operations lead who led our department at that time. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, something just wasn't clicking when, you know, like uh, the the senior systems engineer there for Serial who had been there since plant startup is like signing off on my promotion. And then like the head engineer at Belvedere was signing off on my promotion. Yeah. But I was getting blocked. And I was yeah. like, what what else can you do? And yeah. so it was, it was just so it just didn't feel that great. And then, as you know, some of our peers were struggling through similar uh, yeah. issues with plant leadership and just the mm-hmm. direction of where we were trying to go and yeah. trying to achieve our results. And so. That was the first time I was um, 
I don't know if I was close to like just quitting to walk out the door, but that was that was the closest. I I, I guess I didn't realize on how unhappy I was just because of that stuff. Mm. Um, and, and so that's why that transition was interesting for me. And and that was uh, you know going from Conoco to General Mills, it was a very smooth transition mm-hmm. to Fortune 500 companies, very similarly mm-hmm. uh, structured. Yeah, uh, and. Uh, you know, my role was at least somewhat similar. I wasn't doing process modeling, but I was very yeah. close to the product. Well, yeah. Sa- Sandia was a completely unknown entity. I'm going into safety, which, you know, has just <laughs> always been an aspect of my yeah. career. Like, is that really what I wanted to do? Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, was it worth it? But, uh, you know, I basically got a better promotion than what would I would have gotten at General Mills by just transitioning there. Wow. Um and then, uh, you know, in that role, I, I will say that uh, about transition is that, uh, you know, that one in particular, I was going into something kind of com- the completely unknown. But again, mm-hmm. I had that kind of gut feeling that I felt like was pointing me in that direction. Mm-hmm. That's why I bring up religion, because, yeah. you know, regardless of your belief, um, you could call it intuition, whatever you want to call it. I, I think there are signs. I truly believe there are signs yeah. that point us in various directions, but I also believe in free will. Right. So like yeah. how you said, would Which... I have done it? Would I have done anything differently? So what I would have potentially done differently, um, I, I don't think I would have changed anything with the ConocoPhillips thing, because I, I think that would have been the same uh, kind of outcome. Um you know, even if Justine would have moved with me or something like that, mm-hmm. um, I I don't know if I would have still been with them at this time. Like, you know, given given that, and and mm-hmm. that was just a great jump start to my career, and mm-hmm. uh, I felt like that was the time to leave. If I had done something differently at General Mills, one thing I have learned uh, since then, I learned a lot from that experience, um, is that you know it, when I first started, it's like you control your career. You, you have to take control of your career. You know, you yeah. hear that in the corporate uh, Kool-Aid, you know, uh, yeah. you know, kickoff meetings and things like that. <laughs> it's true. Uh, yeah. I found that out. And, you know, I, looking back, it's like, I could have probably removed some of those barriers that were happening before they became insurmountable, mm-hmm. you know? Uh, and I think that, uh, you know, when I reflect back on um, my own performance and things like that, I should have handled some of that better because, um, you know, it, it made me bitter at the time, right? Because mm-hmm. I knew I knew what I, my value was, and I wasn't mm-hmm. being compensated for my value, and mm-hmm. uh, and I so that that those are probably the two things I would have changed. I think I could have just taken better control of my situation, and mm-hmm. who knows if I would have done that, even just with within what was within my control, mm-hmm. um, I probably just. Uh, wouldn't have had so much anxiety and honestly mm-hmm. part you know slight depression which i didn't even yeah. realize was taking place until i left uh and then you know at sandia I, I jumped right in you know safety's not the most exciting thing in the world let's be honest but yeah. it's all it's always been a part of my uh job and so mm-hmm. uh because of my operational background uh i what they call it at sandia is uh, work planning and controls which is okay. uh, basically like operational safety. So very mm-hmm. similar to what you and I have been used to, yeah. uh, where uh, it includes everything right from um, hazard analysis for new projects to, mm-hmm. uh, you know, risk assessments to uh, safety observations to, you know, required uh, 
paperwork, you know, for so in particular, the nuclear facilities, they have different uh, hazard categorizations. And so depending on what hazard category you fall into, there's a lot of requirements that come into play. So just uh, yeah. a, a lot of CYA kind of stuff, right? And so, mm -hmm. but um, I actually did something that, uh, so I've, I've never felt uncomfortable talking or like speaking or anything, but um, they they kind of just at they kind of were draw, who who's going to draw the short straw basically is what they said <laughs> to to become the new corporate uh, work plan controls instructor and in, oh, wow. SME and so I ended up taking on that I actually redid the entire training it, it was pretty wow. outdated and uh, um, I I actually got a lot of networking done with that because think mm. about who I was giving the training to a lot of managers yeah. a lot of engineers wow. in other in other facilities and. Uh, I actually got my name out there a little bit and, you nice. know, so, you know, and that's kind of how I got this role. Cause you know, one of the uh, senior managers was like, you sure you're happy doing 600 work? Yeah. I think, you know, he's like, you have a lot of uh, operational experience. I think you should talk to this person. And so then I talked to a senior manager at Mesa who was standing up this program and uh, you know, based on the job posting, so one thing at Sandia, which is not uncommon with a lot of corporations, is mm -hmm. they have an internal postings website, yeah. right? Mm -hmm. And but but at Sandia, when it's an internal posting, you can see the hiring manager. So uh, I saw I, I saw this job come up and I was like, ah, they're you know, so again, this is four years ago. This is <laughs> when I had about seven-ish years of experience and mm -hmm. It really sounded like they wanted someone pretty senior, probably someone who knew the semiconductor industry. Like, I don't have a double E degree, things like that. Uh, but I reached out to Catherine anyway. I was like, you know what? Screw it. I'm going to get half an hour on her calendar. Um, you know, we we talked a lot, uh, very similar, very casual like we are. And, um, you know, obviously she couldn't tell me to put in or not, but she was just like, you know, uh, she's like, I would encourage you to do so if you think it's right. You know, and Long story short, I got an interview and then I ended up getting hired into this role. And um, wow. it's it's been awesome because it was the perfect transition because I did it as I was about halfway through my master's mm. and I was able to, I've already been able to apply a lot of those principles from my master's awesome. to this role, which has been awesome too. So, um, you know, key takeaways from everything I just said, because I know I just babbled on a lot is, you <laughs> oh, know, good. Tr trust your intuition, uh, yeah. you know, weigh out every decision you make and, and don't be afraid to to make a mistake because you know you asked me if I would have done something different I think I would have really enjoyed my career if I would have stayed on those paths and mm -hmm. uh, you know even if I would have eventually gotten laid off at ConocoPhillips I have nothing but great things to say about that company they treated me very well General Mills even with the bad way more good um, mm -hmm. got great experience there I got to meet great people that's why I'm still talking to you yeah um, and I, I believe that both of those, again, going back to kind of my religious background, I believe they set me up for getting into Sandia and taking mm. that role and then being where I am today, you know, um, and, and going back to the taking control of your career, uh, have those conversations with your manager. That's something mm. I never would do. You know, don't be afraid. Hey, I am, my goal is to become a senior engineer, a principal mm. engineer, a distinguished mm -hmm. engineer. What do I need to do to get there? Tell me what I'm not doing now and, and have those tough conversations and see if that person's looking out for your best interest too, because, mm -hmm. um, you know, that kind of taking control of your career thing, I've luckily only had one bad manager in my 11-ish year career going wow. on now. And um, 
And even then, I got to say, he wasn't that bad of a manager. He was just disconnected. There was disconnect. And I could have changed that disconnect, I think. I could have been more engaged Mm. and I did not. And so that's what I would say now. I, you know, so now when, uh, when I came into this program, my manager was actually hired a week after I was, and we were both trying to figure a lot of things out. She's got 20 plus years of experience at Sandia and uh, I'm very upfront with her. You know, one thing that I used to always ask for um, with my not so great manager experience was, you know, Hey, you know, do you have any feedback for me? Mm -hmm. Am I, am I doing well? And I never got anything to point me in the, you know, saying, oh, yeah, you could improve on this. You should be mm. doing this. Uh, and then when PMF or performance review time comes uh-huh. around, it's like, oh, you're just meeting expectations. Like what? Like, so, you know, that there was a disconnect. So now I yeah. make sure none of that happens. Right. And, that, and don't be afraid just because someone's in a um, leadership position. I'm, I'm not saying to be disrespectful, but don't mm-hmm. be afraid to question that individual because, a manager, as far as I'm concerned, is representing the best interests of the company, but they mm-hmm. also have to be representing your best interest yeah. as well. And if they don't have a vested interest in you, then it's probably not going to be a good relationship. And you probably don't want to stay in that relationship too long. So that would be my advice to someone too, just some of the things that I've learned. Uh, but you really can make your own luck and fortune. Uh, I do believe that. And that's what I mean by taking control of your career. And since that kind of light switch flipped for me and I, mm-hmm. I took that leap of faith going to Sandia, uh, you know, I, I've, I've gotten them to pay for a master's. I've gotten two promotions. I've had very successful PMFs. I have very successful experience that if I, you know, had to leverage that to go to another job similar, you know, to as you're in transition, mm-hmm. I know I can. And uh, I got a secure, a high level of security clearance out of it, yeah. right? So that's just kind of one more feather in the hat, you know, that yeah. I'm a trustworthy individual and things of that nature. So, um, yeah, that that's pretty much what I would say about the career stuff so far anyway. So Yeah, no, that that's really cool. I really like what you talked about controlling your career and that intuition. Like, yeah, I, I wholeheartedly, like I've said on the podcast, I say Jesus is first and I am second. So prayer is something that's always been a part of my life. And, like I and I know you mentioned like even in, in um college and stuff being rebellious. I feel like we all that all, <laughs> we all go through that. I feel yeah. like if you haven't gone through it, it's just a matter of time. I think it's just a part of the, part of the process. Mm-hmm. But like you like even with my transitions, like how uh, like we work with General Mills and we 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 were kind of like it's interesting that you talked about like with your manager not necessarily being present. Mm-hmm. I kind of had the same situation with, with my manager. With just it was kind of interesting because I was in a rotational program and I had different rotations, but my manager was kind of different from the manager of the different rotations I was in. And so the same manager that was kind of influencing you and not letting you get a promotion was kind of influencing me and not seeing like what I wanted to do long term because mm-hmm. as far as doing R&D stuff and just getting more of those experiences. And that I think that speaks to how much a manager really matters, uh, yeah. that they can make or break your career. Like I, I, it's been said that people don't leave companies, they leave their bosses. Mm-hmm. I think that's so true because like what you said with Conco Phillips and with General Mills, it wasn't the company. It was just a situation that you're in that caused mm-hmm. you to look at other opportunities. Absolutely. Yeah. 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 Uh, especially so when we were at General Mills, right? Uh, I think yeah. the buzz, the buzzword of the time I was there was servant leadership, right? Was, yeah. 
what does servant leadership mean? Uh, but I, you know, what I've learned throughout my career, uh, so I've never had any direct reports. Sure, I've I've had like indirect authority, just you know, mm-hmm. leading projects or mm-hmm. being being an engineer on the line, right? Kind of responsible for the line. Uh, I I wouldn't say I had like I've never had to do performance reviews or mm-hmm. or uh, any you know um, do any disciplinary actions with any mm-hmm. employees or anything like that. But I, I I do feel strongly about this. I feel I have always been a leader. Uh, yeah. E- even even entering uh, the workforce as a 22 year old engineer. Yeah. Uh, and I and I think it was I think it has a lot to do with attitude and and mm-hmm. uh, not every manager is a leader and that happens for True. different reasons and they they could have been a leader at one time but leadership to me is. Uh, it's like uh, that J.J. Watt quote that I love. I, I actually used to have it all the time um, in my little Skype window and now yeah. Teams, I guess. But uh, success uh, is earned and rent is due every day. Mm, I feel yeah. I feel I feel the same way about leadership, too, because yeah. I, I think you could be a natural born leader, but you mm-hmm. have to hone in your skills and yes. you have to apply it to each different situation. Right. Yes. And and different individual for that matter, too. Yep. And, um, I, I can see how some people, uh, if they're at different stages or phases, uh, may have been a good leader at one point, but have mm-hmm. kind of lost that spark and desire to be. And I, I hope I don't lose that because I, uh, I think one thing about being a good leader, when I think going back to the servant leadership thing, is mm-hmm. that you have to be able to uh, lead, follow, and work on mm-hmm. a team. Yeah. Everything is a team, even if you have a very individual, specific, technical role. Yeah. You're still part of a team. Yeah, and, so true. And, and and I think you have to be able to wear all those hats because uh, mm. you. I don't think you can know how to lead if you've never followed. Yeah, and I and I don't think you can lead if you've never worked well with others. Yeah. So so that's kind of my philosophy when it comes to leadership, and I. I have been lucky now. I, I have very good leadership around me, uh, both peers and and mentors uh, and and managers. So. Mm-hmm. Uh, I have all everything in that regard, but I know that's not always going to be the case too. Mm-hmm. Right. And so I just got to make sure I, I can t- continue to be a leader myself. Uh, I actually have a graduate intern right now who's going to be joining us full time. Uh, nice. So that, that'll be a fun transition because I'll still continue to mentor her and everything, yeah. but, but uh, we'll, we'll see how that goes. But that's been a, that's been a good leadership opportunity for me too. Now, like I told you, I still feel like a kid, man, but I'm, I'm 31 over here. So I'm just getting older and older. Yeah. And I have a kid. So all these engineers just getting younger and younger too. So, um, but no, I, I, those are the big things like, you know, in in the corporate structure, I think that gets lost. Uh, that those are the things they're not going to teach you at school, right? You can't learn that you have to just learn by doing and experience and, um, it's been a journey, but it's been fun. So. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, they teach you how to do mass balances, but they don't teach <laughs> you how to um, influence others. So it's, oh. it's, it's definitely something they have to learn. And it's really, I like what you taught, you talked about like the, the rent is due every day. I think that's the, the key thing with leadership is I, I think a lot of leaders feel like they get to a certain peak or title and they've learned everything they need to know and they can just kind of coast. But the thing mm-hmm. with leadership that there is no really no coasting. Once you start to coast, you kind of you start to go backwards. And like once you you're not listening to people or you feel like you're the one that's right, um, and that you lose that servant leadership, and then you you're not able to influence people. No one wants to listen to you, and you have to 
use your title and i i, I talked about in a previous podcast about like different levels of leadership and mm-hmm. the title like what you talk about some people are managers but they're not leaders because all they're doing is trying to use their title like hey i'm your boss you need to do this but there's there's no relationship there they know nothing about you they don't know how you work what you're mm-hmm. striving for like you mentioned uh really working uh, with your your leadership and your managers on what you're trying to do what you're trying to accomplish and i think we we that was another but i think there's a bunch of buzzwords while we're at general mills about oh, yeah. uh, uh, removing barriers and breaking down barriers but i think it's it's really true that if you're a good leader you're not seeking to get your own way you're trying to help your people succeed and and and, and help the company succeed not just you being right all the time mm-hmm. no i agree yeah, it was it was too much buzzwords and, and no action, right? And yeah. and 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 truthfully, uh, you know, um, at least, and this is just my opinion, you know, mm-hmm. self reflection looking back. But uh, I think that was part of the disconnect, truly, because mm-hmm. there was that transition where the company wanted to truly empower the technician, the person who yeah. you know, was literally interacting with the product. Um, and I almost feel like all support staff from engineers uh, to, to leads, you know, process leads, operational leads, the ones that really took that to heart and tried to best represent the technician mm-hmm. uh, and the process were the ones that, you know, basically uh, were looked down upon. And, and yeah. eventually we all just ended up leaving or yeah. we stayed and were miserable. Um, yeah, seriously. Uh, and, and that that's... Again, why I found it ironic about servant leadership, because I, you know, I I don't like that. I don't really like that term, but I understand it. I so you know, we were too buzzwordy with it. But to me, servant servant leadership it is you know serving your purpose for the individuals around you, serving your team to the best interests, so that you get the best desired outcome for you. Yes, Uh, and and you know. I think there's a piece that a lot of people miss. Uh, so genuineness and authenticity. Yeah. Uh, I, you know, as you're well aware, we had plant managers. You know, they weren't they weren't afraid to like you know go during you know a, a planned stop and go you know sweep or pick up something, mm-hmm. but it just felt out of place. It wasn't authentic, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, and, and then you even had you know our ops manager who was, uh, in my opinion, you know, very shady with numbers and things like that, very self-driven. Yeah. Uh, but she wasn't the one who was showing up at the plant at two in the morning or working no. a twenty-one hour day like I was, like with the people on yeah. the line, troubleshooting, problem solving, thinking about that. Um, you know, just too caught up in numbers. And numbers yeah. we're supposed to be data-driven, but mm-hmm. there and, and there's no problem with being data-driven. Uh, but you know, going back to the General Mills principles of uh, people, process, and and what was it? Uh, oh, uh, performance uh, or something. Performance, yeah. yeah. Um, they never wanted to blame the people, and they never wanted to give the credit to the people. And yeah, I'm sorry, nice. we still have we still have the people element, and yeah, uh, it's so important, especially uh, you know, I'm sure you've experienced. So I've been working primarily from home the last two years. I miss that human interaction, that mm. element um, uh, of the workplace. And, you know, I've, I've made sure I made a, a point to, you know, with my newer team over the last two years to, to have video conferencing meetings, to try mm. to get together as things have, you know, relaxed in the world and stuff, because 
I think you need that genuine human connection in order to be successful, no matter what you're doing. So. Yes. Yeah. No, that's so true. And I, yeah, I, I've been fortunate or unfortunate, depending on how you look at it, <laughs> like throughout COVID that I didn't really stop traveling. There was about a two and a half month period in March, 2020, up until like end of May that I stopped traveling. But since then I was pretty much full speed, at least 50%, sometimes 75% travel. So I was in the factories and the vendors. So at least for me, I still had to have that relationship with people when, when I wasn't yeah. traveling, I was, I was at home, but I, I do see how it makes a difference. Like there are a couple of weeks when I would be at home, not traveling, just being on meetings where no one is showing their camera or people can't even get the microphone to work or it's on mute and all the all the stuff that we've seen through COVID the, the last couple of years. But that human interaction is so critical. And that that's one of the reasons why I, I stayed with um, Purina so long. Like you mentioned, I've been here four years or about four years. By the time this podcast comes out, I'm not no longer with Purina. Uh, so it's and uh, that's a whole story to self how, how that happened. But that's more so around the, the timing of things like uh, being newly married and trying to travel less, stay in St. Louis. And like it goes back to what you were mentioning with kind of uh, controlling your career, having those conversations. So mm-hmm. I've been fortunate with Purina that I I learned, I guess I got to learn it early on in General Mills. And I, I even when I was coming into Purina, I was saying like, this is where I want to go. Had an R and D direction. I started off in continuous improvement. Was there a year, almost two years. Moved over to technical side and packaging. And when I moved over to that side and those different department, I was clear with them, saying like, "Hey, like my background's in chemical engineering. I want to get close to the process side, mm-hmm. but close to the R and D mm-hmm. side." And they're like, "Okay, we're going to try and get you there." So much in that after a year, I got a, pr- a promotion to move on to the process side. Um, and that's the role I was current. I was in working with doing a lot of capital work and stuff. Um, but then, like I said, just with the, the, the travel and everything. And just because Jed um, Perina is kind of a really flat organization. So mm-hmm. you can kind of get promoted in place, but there's not like big, big jumps or chances to do like a lot of. Uh, people leadership, which is what I wanted to develop that I, like mm-hmm. you mentioned, had a lot of influencing roles, which I think having those is important, but it's also developing more, seeing what are, what the dynamics is to actually manage people. Mm-hmm. Um, and that's something I've been looking for. And that kind of why I made making the jump as well. Yeah, we're, I mean, work life balance is key, uh, mm-hmm. especially now like that I have a, a little one. But even before, you know, you're talking about marriage is a big transition. Uh, I, I think a lot of the times when we talk about marriage, <clears throat> very similar to, to leadership and, and why management fails is because mm. it, it, it's work. You have to nurture yeah. it. Yeah. Uh, I've, I've been married four and a half years now. I've uh, been with my wife eight years, a little mm. over eight years. And um, it's work. If we both didn't work at it, uh, we would have already failed. We would have just yeah. already become another statistic. And, and yeah. that, again, I go back to everything in life is risk. Uh, if you think about mm-hmm. it, right, uh, getting married is a risk, especially yeah. for for a male in our society. Yeah. Um, having a kid, it's a risk. Uh, yeah. um, you know, taking on a new, totally new position, it's a risk. Yeah. Going out on your own to start something like a podcast, it's a risk, right? Yeah. Uh, but uh, 
guess what? None of us make it out of this life alive. <laughs> so that's true. Uh, I, I think we should take all the calculated risks that we can. Now, don't get me wrong. I'm not, uh, you know, I'm, I'm a frugal person. I like gambling and stuff, but I hate losing 20 bucks. And that was before yeah. inflation. So now it's more like sure. I hate losing like 40 bucks, I guess. <laughs> but <laughs> but uh, no, uh, you know, to your point, I, you have to take those risks, that, have mm-hmm. them be calculated. Uh Trust your intuition thinking, you know, reflect on, on it yourself. Uh, is this the right time for me to be making a move? And that that's probably the only thing that I would have changed in the transitions. Maybe yeah. I would have done it a little sooner. Maybe I would have yeah. done it a little later. It, you know, it just depends because yeah. uh, if I, you know, look back on it too, there was a lot of transitional change at General Mills. Who knows? Maybe you got some of those bad eggs out and then yeah. we, we would have, you know, gotten to where we wanted to in our careers. Yeah, I don't know. True. But I also am not going to play the what if game or regret yeah. because uh, I've gained so much uh, just in this transition too. And and to uh, my point about the companies, if I it, you know if an opportunity ever came up to rejoin one of those companies and it was the right place, right time, I would have no problem at mm-hmm. least uh, looking into the opportunity, yeah. right? Because the company didn't leave me with a bad taste in my mouth, and we left on amicable terms. Yeah. Uh, terms and. I'm I'm a big advocate of never burning bridges for sure too. So yeah, that that is so true because it's funny how you you never know like where you're gonna see someone again. Like it was <laughs> like it's it's uh, there was someone that used to work at Prina was working at another company, and then uh, I know I was trying to get someone. Uh, to someone was applying for a position that used to work at Perita and then they were able to link up and it's, it's just really interesting that like maybe you work with someone at this point and then maybe it's five years down the road and they're able to help you get somewhere else or even in a different city or things like that you just for never sure. know how things are going to go well and, and going back to kind of making genuine connections in your network why it's so important mm-hmm. I mean Think about it, even how our paths cross. You know, yeah. I was an engineer there for about a year. Uh, you happen to be in that rotational program for new engineers coming yeah. into our department. Uh, like, I didn't really have to interact with you all that much, especially yeah. outside of work, right? But yeah, we, we did. Uh, yeah. And and just because we're relatively the same age and stuff, that, yeah. that doesn't mean a whole lot, right? Like, yeah. you know, uh, and so... Uh, here we are now doing a podcast together, you know, four years after we even left that job. And yeah. it's, not, it, it's not like we're talking every day, but we've, yeah. you know, we've kept in touch whenever yeah. you've been in the area, you, you've come out. Yeah, it's been, you know, great. And I love seeing how successful you are, man. I, I love, uh, Thank you. I love, I love not only just, you know, I, I love people in my circles succeeding, but, uh, you know, one thing that, uh, is part of both of our stories too is our uh, ethnicity and background too as yes. engineers right and yeah. um it's not something i focus on a lot right mm-hmm. but it is something i am proud of when i see yeah. uh you know minority engineers just yeah. you know kicking ass in the world man it's, it's yeah. awesome right cuz we we look a little different than some other folks right <laughs> i mean just just be honest yeah, uh, although, yeah, I see. although let's be real, like, you know, in most other parts outside of the Southwest, people probably just think I'm white anyway. So um, <laughs> I do have that Italian background, but yeah, no, yeah, no, I, I, I think that's part of the story too. I think what's been awesome in my career as well is that uh, seeing, I, you know, I've had a lot of female leadership. Mm. Uh, so, uh, and I've had a lot of female engineering peers. I've worked with a lot of uh, minority leaders, engineers, mm-hmm. things of that nature. So 
uh, it's been awesome to see because you do hear about the people who kind of paved the way for us too. Yes. Right? And we, we want to continue to be pioneers for others. Yes. And I think that's been been something I'm definitely focused on more as I move forward into my career, kind of setting the tone and that example for people behind me, right? So yeah, so that's really cool. No, I like that. I say we we got a little flavor to engineering. <laughs> I like it. Hey. <laughs> Yeah, no, I, I think it's good, but we're almost out of time. But is, is there anything you you wish I had asked you or anything else you, you want to talk about before we kind of wrap things up? Uh, no. So, you know, I, I love what you're doing with your podcast. I've, I've listened to a few episodes. I think it's awesome. Thank uh, you. I actually started my own a little bit earlier this yeah. year. I've, I've taken like a month break from it. But, um, you know, as you know, I, I'm super into fitness and food. Yeah. I'm a foodie. And so that's kind of what that. that's all about and stuff. So uh, I really enjoyed this. Maybe sometime I could have you as a guest. I've only done it the solo way so far, uh, just like half hour episodes, kind of yeah. talking about the journey I went on to on my fitness and health journey awesome. um, to, to help people. But no, I, I think, uh, you know, if you would have me again, I think we could get into a little bit deeper of the intricacies at General Mills and yeah. uh, maybe some of those problem areas that yeah. uh, I, I think still exist very much so in, in big corporations, especially, yes. right? And so we can dive into some of those topics if you want to at some point. But I really appreciate you having me on, Paul. I love what you're doing. Keep killing it, brother. It's awesome. Yeah, no, I appreciate you being on here. And you want to uh, tell the people listening what your podcast is called? Sure. Yeah. So it's uh, Never Skip Egg Day podcast. You can find it on all your major platforms, Spotify, Apple Podcasts. Uh, it's all about, you know, foodie, fitness and health. Uh, I used to be 270 pounds uh, and I've kept off those 80 pounds for the better, better part of the last decade. And uh, I still love food. I still love uh, junk food. Paul will know uh, every time he comes here, you know, we got to get those junk food, New Mexican yes. know, breakfast burritos and things like that. Yeah. But yeah, uh, Never Skip Egg Day podcast and the Instagram page is at Never Skip Egg Day podcast as well. If you want to check that out, I post recipes weekly when I do post an episode. So Awesome. Awesome. That's really cool. I, yeah, I definitely think we can get into more of that stuff with General Mills. And definitely I've seen it here at Perina and I'm sure I'll see it at the next place as well. It's just some of that stuff that exists. I think I've learn a little bit better how to navigate it but some of it it just happens you just have to mm -hmm. figure out when you, it's the best time to jump ship or go to a different department different company but i don't want to get too much into that because we could go like another hour oh, for that. sure for sure <laughs> yeah but yeah like uh how can people uh find you on like socials websites or do you want to focus on your podcast or uh, yeah, you know, you could find me on LinkedIn if you have any professional questions and things like that. I yeah. love men I love mentoring people. We can maybe talk about mentorship, you know, uh, yeah. at some point in another time. But you know, I'm on Instagram. Uh, if you're a little bit older, I'm on Facebook. Uh, you know, <laughs> uh, Brian Castillo. Uh, I, I I don't know my exact handles, but usually there's a 13 in them. Uh, you can tell who I am. But yeah, um, so. Uh, and, you know, if you want me to provide an email address, I could do that too. But yeah, I've just been, you know, on the side, focusing on my podcast, just kind of awesome. learning that and doing it for fun uh, for the most part. But yeah, uh, been great. Yeah. So I can, I can put a link to all of that in, uh, in, the, in the notes for the podcast so cool. people can find them so they can find it. 
But for everyone listening, I, I hope you learned something that helps you take you to that next level, whether it's just like uh, managing your career or uh, just choosing your different adventures or whatever it is that we talked about. I know we talked about a lot of different things. Mm-hmm. Really glad Brian was able to come on the, the podcast. Um, but until next time, just enjoy your day and just pe- keep being incredible. Thank you for listening to the Incredible Paul podcast with Paul Ferranbi. We hope you enjoyed. Be sure to rate and review this podcast on your favorite podcast listening platform. We'll see you here next time. And be incredible. Incredible. Incredible.